mine. I've known Neil for a long time. I've seen him walk this journey. And the most impressive thing about you, Neil, is that you saw that the gerrymander districts didn't benefit Dan Bongino in 2014. So you filed suit after suit after suit and eventually overturned those gerrymandered districts. And now you're running in a situation in District 3 where you feel a little bit more comfortable against David Trone, yes? Oh, absolutely. No, you're, and you're right. We've been fighting it from the very, very beginning. Governor mm-hmm. O'Malley, and I was actually in the legislature. I voted against that map. I saw how bad it was, and we took it to referendum right away. Literally tens of thousands of Marylanders said this is totally unfair. They signed it. We got it on the ballot. The question was unfair, so it lost. So we took it to court. There was a sister case that went all the way to the United States Supreme Court, uh, Maryland and North Carolina, they said, no, it's a state's issue. This year we took it to the state's courts. Judicial Watch helped me. We won the lawsuit. Now we've got a fair District 6, and we can win this. It's very, very exciting. And people all across the district are getting excited and motivated, and they're seeing this is a chance to get real representation back to Western Maryland and Central Maryland. And, and, and you're running for Congress, and you're running against a guy, David Trone, that, that's a millionaire. He has it, – it's a tack ad central with this guy, okay? And, and we'll – dissect that in a minute but let's focus on the lawsuits because this has allowed the 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 playing field to be leveled so to speak that's right so district six the lawsuit and correct me if i'm wrong kind of centered on montgomery county right that you were you were alleging and you fought for the right in court to get montgomery county kind of shrunk because it was too big and the swath that you were representing wasn't really symbolic of who who you would govern, who you would represent in Congress. Well, that last map divided Maryland unnecessarily all across. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't think they could make it any worse. In this last session in December, they did. The legislature made a worse map than before. They actually made a map that would have eventually been eight Democrats to zero Republicans in Congress. And just a few short years ago, it was four Republicans and four Democrats. We are not an eight-zero Democrat state. It was totally unfair. Uh, they divided communities like Frederick County has been divided for the last 10 years. I'm glad to say it's all back together like it should have always been. Uh, in our lawsuit, we said you need to follow the Maryland state constitution, which says that the map needs to be compact, contiguous, and respect political and geographical boundaries. When you do that, of course, Frederick County has to be in with the Western Maryland District. And now it goes Garrett, Allegheny, Washington, Frederick, and it goes down into Montgomery to get that extra population that it needs just down to Gaithersburg. Yeah, so I, I'm sure Frank Mitchell has a couple of questions back at the studio. Frank? Oh, well, thank you, uh, Delegate Parrott, again, for uh, joining us. Uh, boy, you've got uh, some serious issues if you make it to uh, Congress, big national issues. So let me think of two, and then I'll throw it back to you, Ryan. Uh, sure. One is... Uh, I guess uh, maybe overall, Democrats and Republicans, if you put together what they think are the big issues, inflation would be at the top. Uh, we know inflation is real and it's a problem. My uh, question for you is I'm curious, what specifically can you do in Congress to deal with the problem? Hey, Frank, that's a wonderful question. You know, that's when you look at polls, that's the most important question for most voters. You go to the grocery store, it costs more. You go to gas, it costs more. And we're depleting our reserves for gasoline right now. It's really disgraceful. So there's some things that we can do. One, stop spending trillions of dollars that we don't have. We're borrowing it from China. We're printing it. Uh, It just doesn't make any sense. We spent about a half a trillion dollars Biden wants to to forgive student loans. That's just flat out wrong. People who graduated from high school went right to vocations, went right to work, or those who suffered, or not suffered, but they who planned out their college experience. They went to the community college. They didn't take on a massive amount of debt. 
we shouldn't be paying other people's debts. What's next? Are we going to pay people's car loans? Are we going to pay off their house? That is not what we do as Americans. So you take the debt, you're going to have to pay the debt over time, unless a private entity decides they want to help with that. We can't afford those types of bills. David Trone's voting for them every single time. You know, r right before that, they spent over half a trillion dollars on a, a bill they called the Inflation Reduction Act. I wish it would reduce inflation. Just John Kerry just the other day said, you know, we Ryan, have. You were talking yeah. to uh, Delegate Neil Parrott, who is a candidate for Maryland's 6th Congressional District. Yeah, so I, I don't know what part of the conversation uh, we were in, but for the sake of time, so I'll, I'll speed it up and give you the kind of short preface question I was going to ask you is, you have a candidate, you're running against a candidate who has not spoken out against Biden's open border policy, right. who lost an, a 15-year-old nephew to opioid addiction. So to me, you know, it doesn't match up. I, I talked about the messaging. I started off the show talking about the messaging today. And David Trone, to me, has a messaging problem. Anybody that's watching that would say, well, wait a minute, where are you on open borders? Drugs just coming right across. Tons, literally, of fentanyl are coming into the United States. Metric uh, tons. Yeah, and I've read enough to kill the whole population of this country. Sure. You know, we talked before we got on the air that some of these pills, they look like they're like sweet tarts. Rainbow it, fentanyl. It's Neil. horrible. Rainbow fentanyl. And it's going to, again, now we're looking at killing kids because you can even just touch it and it goes through the membranes of the skin and they could die from that. It's, it's horrible, but we have a congressman in this area that refuses to even talk about mm -hmm. enforcing the border. If he's killing that his main issue. You have to close the border. He actually had a chance a couple of years ago. There was a bill, an amendment to a bill for the uh, Trade Act to say, hey, let's give the president authority if China or any of these other countries are sending us fentanyl. He would have authority to crack down on them and basically close them off until they do the right thing. And that only failed by three votes. David Trump did not vote the right way. I think he betrayed us. He says this is the main issue, but when he had a chance to really take a stand, he voted against us and he voted with Nancy Pelosi just because it was a Republican amendment. That was wrong. And I, I, I'm just embarrassed that this guy's our congressman. There is a there's a weird ad going around. I'm not privy to the ad. I haven't seen it. Our general manager, Mike Banks, told me about it. And, and I'm just kind of kind of summarizing because I think, you know, it's yeah. something about stamping kids. Is that is that real? What's happening with that? Let me tell you what. This is completely ridiculous. There was a letter to the editor that I wrote in 2004. I've run, I've been a delegate for 12 years. It came up in 2010. I said, yeah, of course I don't stand for that. Um, and I could go into all the details. Bottom line is, that thing is way over, and he knows it. He's lying to the people of District 6. And it's funny, when you're lying and slandering your opponent, it's because you know you've lost the real argument. What he's trying to do is distract from the real issues here, which are we've got to close the border, we've got to get inflation under control, stop wasting our money, mm -hmm. um, we have to get our spending under control, and yet he's supporting the Biden Pelosi machine every single chance he gets. He's 100% voting with them. It's a shame that we have a congressman that's actually lying like he is. He goes out and says he's the most bipartisan uh, congressman. Well, no, he's not. Not when you vote 100% with Nancy Pelosi. You can just look at his voting record. That's not bipartisan. And, and here's three things: the Inflation Reduction Act, three bullet points that you need to be concerned about. Right? Every congressional incumbent Democrat must now defend their vote to create an army of 87,000 IRS agents. Every congressional incumbent Democrat must now defend their right to crush medical innovation through prescription drug price controls. And every congressional incumbent Democrat must now defend their right to sacrifice the affordable energy 
for the sake of the green new energy, which I believe, Neil, we've passed in phases without the permission of the American people. No, that's exactly right. The Green New Deal, which they put more and more implemented, have taken the cost of electricity, the cost of gasoline, and made it go much, much higher. I'm afraid for people this coming winter, because this winter oh, yeah. they're going to find when they fill up their gas tanks, the heat, the, the home oils, when they use the propane or the natural gas, those costs are going to be way, way high, and it's our own fault. It's the Biden administration's fault for shutting down pipelines, for shutting down drilling operations that we already had leases for. This weren't new. These were already in existence. He said, no, first day of office, we're going to shut it down. And we have David Trohn and the Congress that goes right along with them and actually promotes it even more, saying, oh, we want to get away from fossil fuels. Look, this is a private market decision that needs to happen. Of course, a lot of people are going to want to go certain directions. But when you do it this rapidly, this quickly, uh, it's just not practical in any way at all. And it's going to hurt middle-class America. But it won't hurt my opponent. He's a multimillionaire. Sure. And it affects him not at all. And he could care less about us. That's why he can vote this way. So if you want to look at how flawed the, the climate change argument is, go back to 2015, the Paris Climate Agreement, right? Four main countries made up 80% of that agreement, China, Mexico, the European Union, and the United States. So when you get into the climate change argument, you look at what China's doing with fossil fuels. They've improved their GDP 72% per person since that Paris Climate Agreement was struck. Why are we getting poorer at the expense of China getting richer? Well, not only are we getting poorer, and you're, that's an excellent point, but the world is getting dirtier because instead of having us manufacture things in this country where we had relatively clean laws, actually very clean laws compared to China, we're sending our manufacturing overseas to China where it's the dirtiest manufacturing in the entire world. They don't care about the environment and they didn't have to agree to anything except for 20 years in the future. So they're not doing anything. They're not meeting their goals and nobody. I have not heard one talking head, not one pundit, not one politician. Give me a true price tag on the Paris Climate Agreement. Not one. Oh, it's costing our country a fortune. Trillions, and, trillions and trillions of dollars every year. And it's horrible. And again, we're making the world dirtier by sending manufacturing to China. It's the exact wrong direction that we should have done. Frank? Yeah, uh, thanks, Ryan. Delegate uh, Parrott, let me just ask you one last question here. And you have both been talking about some of the uh, big issues that you'd be facing in Congress. Uh, one thing that's motivating people, and on both sides of the issue is uh, reproductive rights. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, those who have said it's not such a big issue because what the Supreme Court has done is turn it back to the straight states, not ban abortion outright. But now you have a senator, a Republican senator from South Carolina, who says uh, that if he, uh, we get a Republican majority, I am going to introduce this bill to make it uh, a nationwide uh, law to restrict uh, reproductive rights. Uh, can you say whether you would support that bill and uh, vote for it? Hey, Frank, that's a great question. And you know, a lot of Americans are concerned about that right now. And, uh, you know, my opponent is lying about me. He's sending out different mailers and saying that I would support bills that have no exceptions for rape, incest, or the life of the mother. Let me tell you what, in my family, a couple generations back, there was a mother that was in danger. She had to have an abortion to keep her life alive. Look, there's no way I'd go against that. It's just ridiculous. But the extreme position here is to allow abortions to happen right up, just like in Maryland is happening right now, up until nine months. before, Even after the water breaks, you can kill that baby in the womb. That is not right. That's an extreme position that the vast majority of Americans are opposed to. And the bill that you're talking about, Lindsey Graham, look, 
that's a bill that just makes sense. In Europe right now, you've got about 46 out of 48 countries that say, no, 40, 14 weeks, you have an abortion before that, but after that, no, you can't. And that makes sense here in this country. We're just emulating what Europe, look, this is common sense. This is common decency. This is a, a bill that makes sense, what Lindsey Graham's talking about. Yeah, and, and I believe, I, I will tell you, I do not trust Lindsey Graham. I've been outspoken about Lindsey Graham. I think he's a never-Trumper. I think Lindsey Graham is a guy that will say anything to gain the favor of his base. But I will tell you, the messaging in abortion and reproductive rights, Frank Mitchell just said it, abortion equals murder. So if the Democrats are going to push that narrative through corporate media and talk about, well, Republicans want to take away reproductive rights, nobody's taking away anything. That Dobbs decision returns the decision back to the state. It's the most democratic thing that you could do. If we are indeed a democracy and not a socialistic society, you have to look at the Dobbs decision as a democratic decision. Well, and look, not only that, worldwide, you've got Belgium, France, Germany. They already have that bill where I think it's 15 weeks, but 15 weeks and after, no abortions. Unless, of course, uh, under circum cer certain circumstances where the life of the mother is in danger. And what percentage of that, I, I mean... What, You're talking a very, very small A very percentage. small percentage, but the Democrats, it, it's one of the, the rules for radicals that Saul Linsky uses, ridicule, use the opponent's weakness against them over and over and over again. And, you know, what percentage of women are getting raped and having to abort babies. It's a, a very small percentage. And I think every Republican candidate that I know would likely, you know, agree with the woman if she does suffer that horrible circumstance. Sure. And even the, the, the bill that West Virginia just passed had that exception in there. So, look, very important issue, but we need to do what makes sense, common sense for this country. Hate to cut you off, but we got to go to the news. We will be back following with more from...